The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support, and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. That will include medically necessary and elective procedures. All patients, visitors, vendors, staff, and physicians entering our facilities will have their temperature checked with an infrared thermometer upon arrival. Individuals will also be asked screening questions about COVID-19 symptoms per CDC guidelines. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together. Welcome to the Something Patriots podcast, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, a podcast where we talk a little something about the Somerset Patriots. Game over! Series over! 27 up and 27 down for Teasley! The Patriots are your 2015 Atlantic League champions! Patriots win another Atlantic League title! Warning track ball! Done! Home run for Corey Aldridge! His third blast of the game! It's a walk-off grand it is gone! Ball game over! Series over! And Patriots are the 2008 Atlantic League champions! Somerset! On 1450 WCTC, WCTCAM.com, and where podcasts are available. A pleasant hello and welcome to episode number nine of the Something Patriots podcast. A weekly show where we chat a little bit about some things revolving around the Somerset Patriots. My name is Mark Schwartz, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to say a special hello to our live listeners on The Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC, and on WCTCAM.com, all of whom continue to tune in for these live episodes every Friday night at 6 p.m. We've got another big show this week. There's been a lot of movement from various Atlantic League teams on the status of their respective 2020 seasons, along with more information coming out about ways that some minor league players will be able to integrate into independent baseball around the country. We'll talk about what all of that means for the Somerset Patriots and get into even more details and updates about the upcoming Somerset Professional Baseball Series. Plus, baseball has officially been returning around the country. Earlier this week, Major League Baseball teams announced their 60-person rosters for the shortened 2020 season and have now begun reporting to their respective home ballparks. And there have even been some games that have started up, including collegiate leagues and, starting the night of this show's airing, professional independent baseball as well. On top of all of this, I'm joined by six-year Somerset Patriot and fan favorite Scott Kelly. Kelly has been active at the Patriots' most recent practices and tryouts, so he'll speak a bit more on what is currently going on in Somerset. But don't worry, we'll also chat about some of his most memorable moments in a Patriots uniform. Let's get into it. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! First things first, what's going on with the Atlantic League? Well, earlier this week, there was sobering news from the Long Island Ducks, High Point Rockers, and Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, who all collectively announced that they will not be able to move forward with their proposed makeshift season. Now, these three teams had announced on June 19th, the same day that the Atlantic League published information stating that each team had the ability to pursue their own means of baseball, uh, that they were working on a six-team, 70-game schedule that would have included other professional independent teams that were rumored to include the New Jersey Jackals, the Sussex County Miners, and the Rockland Boulders of the Frontier League. Now, with the latest upticks in COVID-19 cases spreading around the country, plus regional rules like New York's mandatory 14-day quarantine uh, for many out-of-state guests, it was becoming more and more difficult to see a way where this could work. Um, of course, this is disappointing news, but it's not too surprising. We've covered on previous episodes of this podcast that the way that things were shifting around with the increase in COVID cases and how these teams would have to travel between a couple of different states, that it would be difficult to pull something off 
Uh, we were rooting for them, wanted to see it happen. I'm sure all of their fans wanted to see it happen, their front offices as well. Uh, but it's unfortunate uh, that they weren't able to make it work. But again, not too surprising. Um, another thing that this shows is that the Somerset Patriots, turns out, made the right decision. The main name of the game here is trying to control as much as you can yourselves. And not having to worry about teams traveling from out of state, some different quarantine rules that might go into effect with that. Um, all of that makes it easier to try to bring baseball back to your community. And the Somerset Patriots had the foresight of knowing ahead of time that this was the best way, that this was the easiest way to try to bring baseball back to central New Jersey. So it's unfortunate that the Atlantic League and some of these other teams weren't able to get a season going, uh, but it does reinforce that the Patriots had the right mindset about how to move forward with baseball returning. These three teams in the Atlantic League, the Ducks, the Blue Crabs, and the Rockers, they did not necessarily include information on how they plan to have baseball at their ballpark for fans this season. Uh, that was not included in their communications going out about the cancellation of this proposed season. Though the High Point Rockers have been hosting a team called the Deep River Mud Dogs of the Old North State League, which is a collegiate summer league um, down in North Carolina, but they've been hosting those games without fans. Now, staying in the Atlantic League, the Sugarland Skeeters were the first team to announce their own plans to play baseball back in early June. And they've been working on getting their, quote, Constellation Energy League going, which was supposed to start the day that this show airs, July 3rd. Now, we've covered on previous episodes what this league would look like down in Texas, uh, but unfortunately, the start of the league has now been pushed back to Friday, July 10th, that is because of the big spikes in COVID-19 cases in Texas, which has honestly become one of the harder-hit states currently. Now, the Skeeters still have the approval from their state government to house 50% capacity for these games, though they announced that their plan is to actually start at 25% capacity in their ballpark. That means that they could still move forward with their plans to play if they so choose, uh, which it seems like they will, because Thursday, they announced the official names of the teams that will be playing in this league. There's, of course, the Sugarland Skeeters, managed by their current manager, Pete Incavilia. Uh, there's going to be the Sugarland Lightning Sloths, which are going to be managed by former big leaguer Greg Swindell. There's Team Texas, which will be managed by the combination of Roger and Colby Clemens. And there's Eastern Reyes del Tigre. Uh, which is managed by a former big leaguer and actually current 2019 recent New York Mets pitching coach Dave Island. Who knows exactly how or what's going to happen with this league, uh, but we'll continue to follow it um, on this show as, uh, as the league and everything progresses and moves forward. But on to Somerset. The Patriots are still moving forward with their plans for their two-team Somerset Professional Baseball League that they will host at TD Bank Ballpark. Now, last week we mentioned that the plan was for the league to start on July 10th, but it now looks... Instead, like it's going to be an opening day set for Friday, July 17th. A couple of things here. Uh, we've covered previously that originally the hope was that there would be at least 1,500 fans in the ballpark, that the Patriots would get approval from the state government for 1,500 fans, and that that was sort of the magic number to make it happen here. That being said, the Patriots now seem pretty motivated to move forward regardless of what the number of approval comes from from the state government. The thought process here being that it would still be great uh, for us to be able to have baseball played at TD Bank Ballpark this season for our fans, for this community. Uh, even if it's a lower number of fans that could come into the ballpark, it'll still be great to be able to put on that product for the fans that are here. And for those that are not able to come to the ballpark or, or still are not in the position where they would want to come to the ballpark, we would still have the broadcasts available for the fans to follow that action as well. So it's something that the Patriots could do. It shows that we are committed to getting baseball going. Uh, there's a lot of communities, a lot of teams, a lot of leagues, unfortunately, even with minor league baseball announcing earlier this week that they weren't going to have a 2020 season. There's a lot of communities that are missing out on this local form of baseball around the entire country this year. Uh, so the Somerset Patriots, we're trying to do what we can uh, to bring baseball back to this community, even if it is at a lower number of fans than we had originally hoped. That being said, also, Governor Phil Murphy announced on Thursday that as of Friday, July 3rd, outdoor gatherings can increase to a 500-person limit, which means that we could have more fans within that 500-person limit. So hopefully it makes a little bit more sense from an organizational standpoint. But right now, the Patriots continue to have to follow the outdoor gathering guidelines that are set forward by the New Jersey state government. 
So with the team moving forward for a plan that will have to include less fans than it originally hoped for, uh, there are some adjustments that have to be made. For starters, it looks more likely now that the games will only be played twice a week, likely Friday and Saturday nights, and that the league will likely last for a bit of a shorter duration, maybe around five weeks or so, starting on July 17th and extending into late August. Uh, But there is some good news that goes along with all of this. One, games will be broadcast Uh, both on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC, as well as on SPN.TV. It'll likely go to our YouTube account. That way, fans that are not able to come out to the ballpark are still going to be able to follow all of the action. Uh, We will have stats for these games as well, so we'll be releasing more information on that. But You'll be able to follow all the stats. You'll be able to pick a team. Hopefully, you pick the Somerset Patriots uh, to be your favorite team in the series. You'll be able to follow along and see how all of your favorite players are doing uh, during this entire stretch of our local professional baseball series. Uh, The Patriots are also going to be pretty flexible when it comes to tickets. Uh, So if the outdoor gathering numbers for the state of New Jersey increase, then the Patriots will be able to increase the amount of tickets available for these games with those guidelines. Uh, So it'll be a pretty fluid situation. We're all sort of going through it at the same time. But if there are increases, there will be uh, likely more tickets made available for, um, you know, to watch the games at TD Bank Ballpark as well. And there's going to be more information that comes out, more specific information over the next week or so on exactly what this league will look like. You can expect more information potentially on Monday. And then there is a good chance that rosters for both of these teams, the Somerset Patriots and our mystery team, team number two, um, the rosters will likely be announced at some point over the next week. Uh, Even the name of that second team and a logo and a uniform uh, will likely be announced sometime over the next week as well. So you're going to want to stay tuned uh, for all of that fun information. Now, regarding these rosters, there was a report that came out from J.J. Cooper over at Baseball America uh, that came out earlier this week that stated that major league organizations were going to give permission for their players that are not on their 60-person roster that they could pursue potential opportunities in independent baseball for this year. Now, I would not anticipate that affecting the Somerset Patriots too much, um, and for a number of reasons. One, One of the big appeals of this league is that it'll give local guys around this area a shot to get playing time, a shot to get exposure. Uh, Now, it'll give our coaches and really us as an organization an opportunity to run things the way that we want. And if you're bringing in guys that might have some affiliated contracts, there will likely be rules and restrictions and guidelines that come with how these players are coming over to these teams. I mean, it makes perfect sense to wonder... A major league organization, if they're sending one of their guys to Somerset Patriots, say, like, this guy needs to pitch this amount of innings. He needs to get this amount of at-bats. So there's a lot of rules and restrictions that could come along with that that would sort of curtail uh, the way that the Patriots want this series to go. It'll uh, restrict some of the autonomy that Somerset would, would otherwise have. Uh, housing for these guys would also be an issue if you have an organization, you know, if, if you have a major league organization that's recommending sending one of their players over, but they're not local to the state of New Jersey, it will be difficult to find housing. They might have to quarantine as well, depending on what state they're coming from. Uh, different guys could throw off the potential competitive balance of the league. Uh, and name recognition really isn't too important for what the Patriots are trying to do here. It, of course, it's great to get some bigger name guys to come in and play, but with the limited amount of fans that are going to be in attendance at the ballpark, the name recognition factor isn't going to be a huge draw to try to get somebody who possibly has a bigger name over to TD Bank Ballpark to play in this series. Uh, One of the main incentives for the guys that are being brought into play is that these are guys that could potentially help out the Somerset Patriots for future seasons. It makes sense for local talent, guys that have been playing with different independent teams around this area or have been playing with different independent teams, but they live in this area. This is a scouting opportunity for John Hunton, for Brett Jody to see you know, if these guys make sense for future Somerset Patriots seasons when things hopefully return to as normal as they can be uh, as soon as 2021. So it makes sense to use the roster spots available on these teams to scout guys that could make sense for future teams. And that could even include some guys that might have Major League Baseball experience or higher level baseball experience, but might still see the Somerset Patriots as an opportunity to springboard their career uh, to help them move forward. So it makes a lot of sense to try to use the roster spots available as more of a scouting mechanism uh, for the Somerset Patriots coaches that will be here during this local professional baseball series. 
You no longer have to choose between an amazing network and an amazing price. When you switch to T-Mobile, you get both. Visit a T-Mobile store or tmobile.com to find out more. The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support, and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by Flemington Car and Truck Country. After the latest executive order, Flemington Car and Truck Country is open to sell cars in their showrooms by appointment. Choose from over 16 manufacturer brands, plus over 500 available certified pre-owned vehicles with unprecedented discounted pricing and available financing for qualified buyers as low as 0%. Flemington Car and Truck Country, with 8 locations on routes 202 and 31, is following all CDC guidelines in their showrooms and on delivery to protect and assure both customers and associates. Start your search and make your appointment at Flemington.com. And we're back on the Something Patriots podcast. Again, my name is Mark Schwartz. Today's episode features another special guest, and this is one that we've been working towards for quite some time. It is sixth-year Patriot should be going into the seventh year if all things were equal, and certainly a fan favorite infielder, and most recently, a bit of an outfielder, Scott Kelly. Now, Scott's been with the team ever since 2014, and his origin story, so to speak, is pretty well known. He was a tryout before the 2014 season. He attended the Somerset Patriots Open tryout before that year began, and was signed out of that tryout and joined the team in 2014. Before he was a member of the Somerset Patriots, he had not played any other professional baseball. Uh, He went to school at TCNJ down in Ewing and put together a remarkable career there. As it currently stands, Scott Kelly is the program's all-time leader in at-bats with 663. He ranks second all-time in stolen bases in TCNJ history at 98, second all-time in runs scored. He ranks fourth in hits and fourth in games played as well. So a notable career for Scott over with the Lions down in TCNJ. Joined the Patriots in 2014, and historically speaking, the 2014 season was still a bit of a transition year for the Patriots. Patriots failed to make the playoffs in 2012, In 2013, Somerset's first year with Brett Jody as the manager, a very successful season, a franchise record in wins over the regular season, unfortunately didn't get the job done in the playoffs. So 2014, Scott's first year was the second year with Brett Jody as the team's manager. Now, when Scott first came onto the team, he didn't get a lot of playing time initially. He played in 92 games in that 2014 season, but he made the most of those games. He led the team in stolen bases with 20 that year, which would become a trend for Scott throughout his entire uh, career with the Somerset Patriots. So 20 stolen bases in 2014. The team made the playoffs that year, and Scott played in the playoffs. In fact, he, uh, he made appearances in four games. He went two for seven from the plate in the postseason that year, but of course the Patriots lost to the Lancaster Barnstormers. And then we get to 2015, and 2015 is a is a weird year for Scott, to, to say the least. He started off the year red hot. I mean, over his first 31 games that year, Scott was hitting 337, uh, 10 runs batted in, had 7 stolen bases, a 389 on base percentage, 20 runs, and again, all of that over... 31 games. So it was a tremendous start to the year for Scott. Unfortunately, his season was cut short in 2015. Uh, his, the last game that he played was June 17th. After that point, uh, he was diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome, uh, and that cut the rest of his season short. Did not play at all for the rest of the 2015 campaign. 
but of course, that was the year that the Patriots would make it back to the playoffs and eventually win an Atlantic League championship. Uh, we'll talk a little bit with Scott in the upcoming interview about how he felt sort of being on the sidelines and not being able to be out there on the field with his team for a moment that Patriots fans will always remember. I mean, that was the 2015 championship that had Roy Merritt as the championship series MVP at a lot of notable games um, in Somerset on Long Island and Southern Maryland as well. Um, and Scott was not a part of that postseason, at least in terms of being on the field. He was still in the clubhouse. He was still um, in the dugout for all of those games. It was a scary time for Scott, but fortunately he came out better on the other side. He returned to the field in 2016 uh, with the Patriots. He played in a career-high 116 games that year, hit 265, hit his first career home run during the regular season, and he wound up stealing 38 bases that year for the Patriots. That led the team and it ranked fourth in the Atlantic League. So Scott Kelly was ranking among league leaders in the 2016 return season. He made it to the playoffs, the team made it to the playoffs, and Scott had arguably his most recognizable moment on the field as a Somerset Patriot in Game 1 of the 2016 Liberty Division Championship Series. That was a game against the Long Island Ducks. It went 11 innings. Scott Kelly came to the plate with one out in the bottom of the 11th inning. James Lomangino was on the mound for the Ducks. Kelly at the plate. Hits a fly ball deep down the left field line towards the foul pole. Hugs the foul pole. It's over the fence. It's a solo home run. It's a game-winning walk-off solo shot for Scott Kelly. At the time, only his second professional home run. The Patriots win that ball game 3-2. It sends TD Bank Ballpark into a frenzy. And the Patriots take a 1-0 series lead over the Long Island Ducks. The next game, the next night, that was the Nick Turley 14 strikeout performance, another 10-0 win for the Patriots. So Somerset jumped out to a 2-0 series lead over the Long Island Ducks in 2016. Unfortunately for the Patriots, uh, they then went over to Long Island for games 3, 4, and 5, all three of which the Ducks won, uh, and the Ducks advanced to the Atlantic League Championship Series that year. So when we're looking at Scott Kelly's career as a whole, you know, Kelly, a 2015 Atlantic League champion, he's made five postseason appearances with the Patriots 2014 through 2018. All time, he ranks third in franchise history in stolen bases with 114. He ranks eighth in games played, 11th in at-bats, 12th in runs, 14th in hits and walks. Uh, this is a guy that, all things being equal, would be entering his seventh season, which would have made him one of just two players in franchise history to play in seven different seasons for the Somerset Patriots. Unfortunately, circumstances are a little bit different right now with how the 2020 season might look and the possibility of a local professional series, but Kelly has taken on a bit of a leadership role in that regard in helping put together the rosters and train the guys that have been coming out for these practices and for these tryouts. So Scott still remained an active member of the Somerset Patriots community. Patriots fans can hopefully expect to see him on the field in some capacity in 2020. And when we come back, we'll have our interview with the kid himself, the fan favorite, Scott Kelly. Whatever this season brings, you'll be there for the Patriots and TD Bank will be there for you. Bank 24-7, online or on the TD app. Or... Talk to a human by phone anytime. TD Bank, unexpectedly human. Visit tdbank.com. TD Bank, America's most convenient bank. Member FDIC, TD Bank, NA. The Something Patriots podcast is also presented by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey is making it easier to see a doctor from home and cutting your costs so you can get the care you need. Here for you now. And always, learn more at horizonblue.com slash always. The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together.
And welcome back to the Something Patriots podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz, and we've got a doozy of an interview for you today. It's the kid himself, the fan favorite, Scott Kelly. How's it going, Scott? Oh, Mark, what's going on? How are we doing today? <laughs> We're doing good. We're doing better now that I get a chance to talk to you. How, how are you holding up? Uh, you know what? It's um, hearing your voice always, um, you know, I miss hearing your voice on the broadcast talking about a baseball game. So it's kind of an honor. It's kind of you're getting to the point to me where you're you're a John Sterling, Michael K type of voice, <laughs> um, just coming because it's just it's so profound and it's just so pure. So no, it's really good to hear from you. Really good to hear from you again. Uh, I hope all is well with you. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Everything's going pretty well here. Um, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you, Scott, because I want to hear how you're doing. And I've been seeing you a couple of times now around the ballpark, and I can't tell you how great it's been to see you here, to see some of the guys practicing again. What, what's it been like for you just coming back to the ballpark and, you know, being in this area again? The first thing that comes to mind uh, is that there's uh, – well, first thing, a couple points I'll touch on is uh, – first one is that it's humbling um, because – humbling and extremely grateful because not many people – not there's not a lot of athletes that get to go to – a ballpark, a field, a court, and do what they love to do. So I think the first thing before I get there or on the dry ice, it's really put into reality how amazing the fact that I have the opportunity to get out there and play. So there is so much more gratitude and appreciation for that, for the opportunity to go out and play, even if it's for a day, because there are so many individuals um, particularly the seniors of high school and college that had their seasons cut short. And you think about them and what they're going through, and then you also think about everything else that's going on in the world, and you really start saying, wow, like this is just a joy to be here. And then what even adds to that is the fact that I get to be at Somerset. And the past couple times I've been up there, it's, it's – uh, you know, you stop and look at more things uh, than whether it's the ballpark, the stadium, the sign in right field, and just <laughs> you stop and take in and observe so much more. And I feel that the senses are so much more heightened than how it was in the past. And in this, the, the environment and the atmosphere and the family-like environment that you miss that you never took for granted, never take for granted showing up every day, Having. It's just how much more of just you get lost in the day of just being there and enjoying it. And it's um, it's a jubilation of joy as, <laughs> to be there, i got to admit. And uh, it's true. It's truly amazing. You know, it, it's such a weird time. And, you know, from a Somerset Patriots front office perspective, we're trying to do everything that we can to try to get some level of baseball going. And, I mean, you mentioned that there's a lot of people that are in – you know, different levels of baseball that, you know, there was the announcement for minor league baseball that came out uh, the other day saying that yeah. there isn't going to be a minor league baseball season. Um, you know, so with you specifically, Scott, you've been coming out to these practices and these tryouts and you've been taking on what looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a little bit even more of a leadership role. I mean, you've been here for six years, but this was going to be your seventh year on the field with the team and now there's all these local guys, this local talent that's coming out that have various levels of baseball. But I see you as one of the people that's out there conducting some of these practices and talking to these guys, engaging with them and teaching them what it means to be here. Um, so what's this whole process been for you, not only from a player perspective of getting a chance to play again, but also taking on what looks like even more of a leadership role than you, than you might have already had? I'm honestly, it's just, um, I'm looking to help. Um, looking to do whatever I can to help and and just to give guys direction. And I think that's really it, just to keep it simple, uh, just to give it direction. And uh, if anything, when, if from a leadership perspective, I always look at the guys in the past. Now, in your and, and all my reflection, every time I reflect and I look at the guys that I played with, um, you know, I always say that, you know, you, you're – you're not yourself. You can always you're you are the good of everybody you meet. Um, and having the opportunity of playing at Somerset that pro- takes extreme pride on having a positive clubhouse atmosphere and having the fact that you have to be a good person and a good individual 
before you're a good baseball player or being a good person or individual outweighs the fact that if you're a good baseball player, um, I've been uh, spoiled, I should say. Uh, I've been 100% spoiled with the teammates that I've had in the past. And and it's just a feeling that I have that it's where where you – there's a time to step up and to just take – you know, just to help give guys direction. That's what I'll say more so. I don't think – I think when people say leader, they think more of an authoritative standpoint. I don't think that's trying to be the case. It's just more more so helping guys with direction because there's a bunch of great baseball players out there that come out to the field. And if you give them direction, then they can then allowing them to perform and whatever I can do to help. I mean, that's what it's giving back to whatever I can do to help. Let's talk a second about what this potential season would look like. I'm curious from your perspective, because as a front office, we've, talked about the different ways to try to make this work, to try to make it uh, as great as we possibly can. Of course, there's going to be some restrictions in regards to attendance. The games are going to look a little different. They might be a little shorter. Um, you know, the rosters aren't going to be a full 25, 26 guys. They might be a little bit less. And a lot of these players, you know, our, our fans will have to get to know some of the new guys that are coming in here. So uh, from your perspective, what, what's your excitement level about the, the, the possibility of playing games and, and what do you think some of our fans can expect in terms of the, the level of talent that we have coming in and what they can expect to see on the field? Oh, well, I mean, I've absolutely through the roof just being able to put the spikes on and go play against, you know, go have a, have, have a game or a competition, uh, uh, be able to compete is, uh, you know, something that we all need as, as athletes and it's uh words can't it can't put into words how uh how excited you really are when you just get to go out and play regardless of how many days or how many games it's just the fact that you get to go out and play and obviously it's not what anyone wants because everyone wants to play more games everyone's used to there was there's a new normal for i guess for this particular year but beggars can't be choosers Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I look at it where it's just like, wow, we get to go out and play. And John and Pat, uh, have been doing an absolutely phenomenal job. I think they deserve a ton of credit here. Uh, and Brett as well. And Brett as well. I'm sorry. It, just because Brett is not, <laughs> yeah, not here at the moment. Uh, but John, Brett and Pat, they've been doing a great job and working extremely hard. And I think, uh, anybody that's listening needs to know that is that they've been doing the most that they can, including the front office to, make sure that there's an opportunity to play and to give the fans what they want. And that is that speaks so much volume again to how great of an organization this is because they're not doing this they're only they're doing it for the fans. And that's something to be said because they always do everything for the fans because that's and in return their fans are is what it's all about. I mean to if you if I had to rank for what I missed the most, the fans are probably in the top two because <laughs> they are they are the best of the best. Um, they are so supportive, and the love and appreciation that you get from them—it—it it, it always rings in your ears about how great they are, uh, and they always show it. And to give them a sense of distraction, I guess you can say—you um, know—that would be—that would be the ultimate honor. Well, we're all super excited to get this going, and you know, it, it's a new adventure for all of us. It's a new adventure for you. It's a new adventure for the front office. Just trying to see how we do this with a new normal, like you mentioned, and, and, and what's the best way that we can maximize your experiences from a player perspective and trying to maximize the amount of people that we could have in the ballpark. And, you know, maybe yeah. even if, if, if people have to watch a broadcast, at least it's baseball that they could watch on TV or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so um, I miss your voice. I hope you're going to be able to commentate for these games. I hope you're going to be oh, able to. Oh, you better believe it. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's yeah. go. I, I already bought my scorebook. I, uh, I'm, I'm starting to put <laughs> some of the radio equipment together. I'm ready to go, man. I, I've been itching to talk baseball uh-huh. for months. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man, you deserve it, too. You work, you work your tail off. Uh, I, I, and understand that you know, your work is never done when the game ends. Uh, I, I appreciate that, Scott. That means a lot. Thank you. Let, let's talk about you now, more specifically, and your career here. Um, I know you've said this story before, but I always start off these conversations. I want to know what the path was like for you to get to Somerset. So let, let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's go back to 2014 or even 2013 uh, when you're finishing up a remarkable career over at TCNJ. Go Lions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're – 
<laughs> you're you're finishing up your career there. Um and then twenty fourteen is the year that you have your open tryout with the Patriots. So can you talk me through what the mindset was for you graduating from school, entering an open tryout, and then what that whole experience was like for you to, to not only be at the tryout, but ultimately get signed to become a member of the team? As you, as you mentioned, uh, in 2013, I was completed with my season at TCNJ. Uh, and it, I just, in my eyes, in my mind, in my eyes, my heart, I wasn't done playing. And I was going to do whatever it took to make that happen. I had workouts lined up. Uh, I, I looked up open tryouts. Um, use my resources to try to get any connections just to kind of just to get a foot in the door and I remember yeah there was just the feeling in my heart that in, in my body that I was like I, I, I gotta keep playing and so I did whatever it took to train and as well as go to school and I looked at the tryout um, coming up uh, coming up at Somerset and I uh, originally I had a workout with the Camden River Sharks on that Monday. Okay. And I went to the and I went to the open tryout at Somerset and I just I remember the environment and I and remember Brett talking and and John and Brett John and uh Shane Spencer at the time. And Corey Dommel, sorry, and Corey Dommel. Mm. You know, them all them giving some tidbits to the tryout and it was just different. The atmosphere was just different at Somerset when it came to a tryout. They actually cared. And not that other other places don't. I'm don't get me wrong. Um, but you felt the passion for trying to help the individuals perform their best. Uh, and sometimes that doesn't get said in tryouts, and they took the time to explain what the tryout's all about, what that what's going to entail. And even and I remember Shane Spencer, I'll never forget, he said, Listen, if you're if you don't hit home runs, don't try to hit home runs. Play your game. You know, do your perform what you can do best. Hmm. And that sense of relief for me because it made me think like, okay, I don't have to crush this ball, but if I hit a bunch of line drives up the middle, which I know I can do, then uh, that that would be a positive sign. And honestly, I give credit to them for how my tryout went because they allowed me to think in the way that I can, I can perform with maximizing my abilities with what I know how know I can do. I as we know, I'm not the one that hits the home runs. I try to lead the league in ground rule doubles every year. Uh, <laughs> and and I think I lead the league in foul ball home runs. The only reason why I say that because that's not a stat, so no one knows. Um, so, <laughs> um, so it, it, they they were they were fantastic with how they presented the tryout opportunity, and that's what I was so grateful for. And I looked at it as this: that say the tryout is four hours. I thought to myself, hey. I'm going to get six ground balls. I'm going to have eight swings. I'm going to run a 60-yard dash. That probably sums up to one minute out of four hours. I get to show myself. So I said, well, that takes the pressure off because all I have to do is perform in this one minute. I just have Mm. to perfect one minute. I don't have to perfect four hours. And that was my mindset. And luckily, I, luckily, I, you know, I'm very grateful. I did what I did what I had to do. And I, and it didn't end there though. I had to, make the team in spring training and that was that was the ultimate test and um luckily as the ball found holes and uh, i took everything as a grain of salt and i was just so grateful to be out there and they present the opportunity and it's been awesome ever since did you feel any pressure during spring training uh, uh I, no i think young and dumb is actually uh not <laughs> a bad thing um i just wanted to go out there and perform and show my show who what i can do uh, and I, I was smart enough to know that. Listen, it's not like I can do what everyone else is doing. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of staple guys at the time, like Johnny Tucker and Adam Donahue, mm-hmm. Aaron Eggleston, um, that you know they that use spring training as a time to get ready for the season. And for me, it was that was my season. Um, that was all or nothing. And so I, I wanted to show how I can help the team win in the aspect of speed and. Oh, and defense and playing everywhere. And if they told me to pitch, I would say yes. Uh, so <laughs> I try, I try to just, hey, stick to, you know, like keep it simple, stupid. That's what I always told myself mm. is, uh, you know, just keep it simple and do what you can do. And that's what, that's how I just looked at it. Cause, you know, if there is pressure that it's, I always, pressure is a privilege to have. So, uh, you know, being able to have a, 
Yeah, pressure means that there's somebody that wants something out of you, and that's what uh, that's what I tried to do. Well, your first season, 2014, you wound up leading the team in stolen bases with 20 that year. You played in 92 overall games. I'm curious, everyone of our fans knows who you are and, and knows your kind of personality. But when you were entering that clubhouse, you mentioned that there's already a core group of guys like your Tucker, Eggleston, Donahue's, um that are there. Uh, how was it for you as, you know, basically like an undrafted free agent out of TCNJ uh, to go into that clubhouse and, and integrate with guys that have been here for a couple of years that know Somerset well and other guys that have Major League Baseball experience? Wow. Uh, it's surreal. Um, uh <laughs> Absolutely surreal, and to be honest, uh, you know, I am not where I am. I am here today because of them. Um, I'm still playing because of the tutelage that they they had for their their, their tutelage, I should say. Um, and that just, it goes down the list. Um, I remember uh, me and JD Rittenbach were the two people that were going into uh, that got invited to the tryout and got you know got asked to be on the team and got, got a spot on the team. And, um, that was, it was cool, you know, going down the path with him. Uh, and then you looked at not just, uh, you know, Tucker, Donnie, I mean, I can name all the guys. They all did something to help me. Basically. Mm. They all did something. They didn't, they looked at it as they all helped me, which really changed my perspective because they weren't out to obviously being a new guy, you can, get a certain role or a certain label and people can look look at you the other way or the wrong way. None of them did that. And that was something that was really cool uh to see. And that's something that that's the reason why I am who I am today because you have a guy like Matt Maloney uh, or Eric yeah. Arneson, Daryl McCall. That's another mm. guy. Uh Daryl McCall, I mean, I remember in spring tra- this is spring training. This is the first week. He took me in under his wing and talked to me about approach and Asked me questions about approach, and I was like, "Wow!" And then I learned that you—you've he, been playing professional baseball for 15 years. I was like, "And he's taking the time to talk to somebody that he knew for a week." Mm-hmm. It was just—it—it it, it came from the words how just grateful it was. Even John too, John Hunton, who was the closer at the time. Uh, any question I asked him, he w- he had an answer for. And I was a big—I was—and I always. I still am where I'm a huge question. I love asking questions and it's amazing. The responses I was getting from these questions from these individuals, from everybody. Uh, I mean, um, Kyler newbie, another one, Roy Merritt. Uh, yeah. it's, it's Josh and Jason Lally, uh, even Dave Harden, Mike DeMarc, um, Dan, uh, D-Ray, Danny Herrera. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it, and then you learned what made them successful. And then I always observed what made them a good teammate. Um, someone like Aaron, Eric Arneson is the best, one of the best clubhouse teammates and best camaraderie guys that you will ever meet. Uh, the things he did off the field as far as to keep a team together of giving everybody nicknames and, um, going out and buying supplies for the clubhouse to make sure that we were all having fun and stayed loose. Mm. Uh, like little things like that that just showed you like, whoa, like, you know, this, everything is bigger than yourself. And that's what all of them are showing. And then, you know, I got to the point where, you know, Nate, sorry, Nate Spears, another guy who took me in on his wing as an infielder, uh, and showed me how to feel, you know, showed me the right way to field and the footwork. Uh, yeah. And then, and then my Brian Barden, Brian Barden every day, Brian Barden would actually go out there with me for ground balls every single day and teach me how to take ground balls in batting practice. And that was like, whoa, this is a big league guy who is defensive player of the week, defensive player of the month for the Marlins. Um, <laughs> It's showing me how to do – it's like it was – as I said, it was surreal. And my last guy that I'll talk about – sorry, I know I'm going off to that sport, but Daryl Ward. Um, mm. That is, that was – it was like a Robin Big, as people would say. Because <laughs> Darryl, uh, uh, That's it, a reference it, right there. That's a reference. Right? So it's uh, – it, I drove Daryl to the ballpark every day um, because he stayed with the host family, and I – so I got the opportunity to talk to Daryl and really get to know the game of baseball. And, uh, you know, it's um, David Percy. It's, you know, I, I can name these. I have the list that goes on and on. And it's just um, Jake Fox. Sorry, that was another guy that yeah. I got to meet. Luke Antonet, too. It was just you got to see routines. You got to see everything. And just to have those, those people take you in under your wing and help you and encourage you and teach you. And and they they all gave me something to say. It, it, they all gave me 
I had like a hundred things I learned from everybody and hmm. I just had to compartmentalize it to make it my own. But they, it, they never stopped giving advice. And that's something that, uh, you know, I am so grateful for. So a lot of the names that you just listed were guys that have played a number of seasons here. These are guys that have been considered core members of the Somerset Patriots family. Uh, at what point, whether it was in your first year or maybe in your second year here, which we'll get to in a second, but at what point did you realize that, like, you know what, the, the, the players that come through Somerset, they're not a lot of the guys that you would normally see at other independent teams that are just sort of like one and dones that try to get in to get out and get on their way, that these are guys that understand what this community is about, what this franchise is about. Um, How how quickly did you learn that? And at what point did it really sink in that you could be a guy that of that similar mold? Uh, Wow. Uh, I learned, well, I learned it very quickly uh, as from the coaching staff too, from the coaching staff with Shane, uh, Brett and Corey um, and, you know, a leader like Tucker, who is one of the best leaders I've ever been around uh same with donnie and donnie and eggy as well uh you learn really quickly how much they care about somerset and how much this place is special and that you really don't get it it's there you don't you know they would always say like it's not really much better anywhere else like this is they somerset does a great job of making players feel comfortable and at home uh on on the flip side as a player you have to also have the respect that if someone's giving, you know, having you reach your hand into the fridge, you got to make sure you're asking for permission, if that makes sense. Um, that you yeah. have to do your due diligence as well. I mean, I, I'm thinking about it also, just some of the guys that you mentioned and, and the amount of experience that comes through here. And for somebody like yourself who is coming straight out of school and jumping in with guys that have multiple years of big league experience and awards to their names as well. It must have just been a surreal experience for you. At the time, you really didn't – the more years you play, the more you realize, like, well, like, I'm in year seven of my professional baseball career. I was meeting players when they were in year 11, year 12, year 13. Yeah. And for as you said, I was a wet noodle college player and still trying to – you know, figuring out how to be my best player. And, you know, you have a bunch of individuals that – really knew the game of baseball and they were great teachers uh in that aspect and they, everyone is i mean the list it doesn't just start from the first year it goes on i think 15 16 17 18 19 to you know you everybody that comes through the somerset of how how amazing the organization is and then how how they do a great job of getting the players getting great individuals along, along with great baseball players Let's talk about your 2015 season for a second. Um, I was looking over the numbers uh, today, and, and I remember this was my first season that I was uh, working for the Somerset Patriots, and you got off to a torrid start. I mean, you were hitting 337 over 31 games going into June 17th, so a tremendous start. And and this is your second professional season, uh, so you know the numbers are are through the roof. You're you're, you're doing a really strong job. And then, of course, as, I'm, as I know that you remember, you know, your season is cut short. Uh, you're diagnosed with the thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, so can you take me back for a moment into the emotions of starting off that season, having so much success, and then um, having that year ultimately cut short due to something that was really out of your control? To piggyback off of 2014, uh, I really took – um, I really had the time to take in what everyone was saying to me during the season and put it into action into the off season. And um, one of the other great moments I had was that I got to hit with Daryl Ward in the off season, which uh, I would pay. I would go back and I would pay top dollar to do that again. Um, and I've actually I flew I've flown out to California once and to uh, hit with him again. And I got mm. the opportunity uh, with with a ten year big leaguer. Um, and just in it, not just his words, but his actions was what really stuck out to me about, um, and the appreciation for just swinging. And that's how I, uh, went into the 2000, into the off season before 2015. And, you know, when 2015 started, I, I had to earn my spot and I had to make the most of my opportunities. And that's what, uh, that's what I tried to do. And, and once again, I met great teammates there too. And, uh, the atmosphere, uh, makes everything better. It's almost like like hitting is contagious. Well, good people are contagious too, and that's what 
2015 was as well. It was a bunch of individuals that enjoyed showing up to the ballpark every day, and the environment there helped the success as well. And playing to win and helping the team, and um, that's it was the hard work that was paying off. And you know, unfortunately, we had the situation that happened, and um, but that it was didn't stop the opportunity from being there and being around a great group. So this season. Of course, is the last time that the Patriots won the championship. And, you know, for somebody like yourself, who's such a huge clubhouse guy, and, and you just mentioned, you know, being around people can be infectious. You know, how, was it difficult for you at all um, to to see the team have so much success and to sort of follow them and be a part of that team during the championship run and to ultimately win the championship and not really have an opportunity to be back on the field for the, with the guys? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely tough to – you feel like you won the championship and yet you found different ways to contribute. And it was, for me, it was learning how to contribute with, through not playing. And once again, credit to the guys in that clubhouse. They never made me feel like I was on the DL. Uh, they welcomed me in, gave me knowledge. They always took the time out to help me and to show me, give me and learn from a different perspective. And so I did feel like I was, just as much as part of the team and just as much, uh, even though I wasn't, I didn't play most of the season, I did feel like I was a part of the team. And as much as it was tough because it wasn't done physically, um, but learning how the environment of a clubhouse and the atmosphere and having to learn the attitude of the games and watching these guys go day in, day in and day out and grind, uh, you know, I couldn't really take a day off. Do you feel that, you know, considering how tough of a situation it was that maybe, Moving forward now through the next couple of years of your professional career, you were able to, you know, use that as an opportunity to really take a step back and maybe, maybe learn about the approaches that other people take. And, and did that, you know, in a weird sort of roundabout way kind of help you with your own approach moving forward? Absolutely. Great question. That's a great, um, great way of great question there, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely being able to watch the game slow down from a player, you know, from an outside perspective. Uh, it's like coaching first base, you know, which I, if I'm not playing, I love to do because I always say it's the best place to watch a game. Uh, mm-hmm. You're by yourself, the closest to the action, and you really learn a lot about the game and what goes on. And you can see the little things behind the scenes, a.k.a. in between pitches. Uh, and I really use that time valuably to see, as you said, approach and to talk to the guys about what they were thinking and everything. And, you know, obviously I want guys to get to first base, uh, but you really got to see how guys responded too about what happened, you know, if they got out. And, you know, the, what I dread as coaching first, if anyone wants to know, <laughs> is, you know, having to pick up the guy's helmet or having to take the guy's helmet from him, uh, if they, if they get the third out. Um, uh, but also seeing how the, the composure that all those guys have when that happens. And obviously no one wants to get out, but just to see the composure and learning from that and just saying like, wow, like, you know, they're, they still are optimistic about it no matter where they are and uh you can really ask some good questions based upon what you see 2016 is coming about and you know that you have an opportunity to return to the field Uh, in 2016 you play a career high 116 games for the patriots Uh, you steal 38 bases uh, which ranked fourth in the atlantic league that year the team makes the playoffs we'll get to the playoffs in a second but for you, I mean, you know, after everything that you just discussed about being able to take a step back and see everyone's perspective and their approach, when you were finally able to get back onto the field again, what were the emotions like for you to, to take all of that in uh, of now having an opportunity to once again do what you love to do and to apply some of the other things that you had previously learned? Internally, it felt amazing just to be out there and play again uh, and putting the work that I had to put in to throw and uh, – you know, overcoming the odds of, you know, what they, what people say about, you know, the surgery and coming back and, uh, and just to take appreciation to the little things, but also apply the things that you learned. Uh, you know, it was a very special opportunity to get back onto the field in 2016. And, and that's and something that I, I felt great about. Take me back to game one of the Liberty Division Championship Series in 2016. <laughs> Uh, the team made the playoffs. You're going up against the Long Island Ducks. Of course, you know, the, the big rivalry that's there. Uh, you're, you're making a start that in game one. The game goes to the bottom of the 11th inning. Um, one out, nobody on. You're at the plate. 
what are your memories of that entire experience? Oof. Um, that was just one game one. That's how I looked at it. <laughs> it was just, uh, that we just, no, in a way where I, I know people can take that different ways. It was, uh, truthfully, it was just, we won, we, we won the game one and it was on the game two. Um, you know, knowing about the playoffs is that, you know, you got, you got to, it's about the whole series and staying grounded and humble throughout the whole series. And, and, you know, anybody at any given moment could have been the guy. And, um, luckily, luckily it was, uh, you know, I, luckily the ball stayed fair. I don't know how to say, <laughs> uh, the ball stayed fair, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty special moment to celebrate with my teammates and, um, they really made the moment special than the actual moment itself. Did you at least take a second? I, I know that you were on to game two, and that's you know one of the reasons why everybody loves the way that you play on the field. But did you at least take one second to be like, you know what? I just hit a walk-off home run in a playoff game, and I'm a professional yeah. baseball player. Like, is there even just a, a brief moment where you're like, you know what? What I what, what I just did was pretty pretty darn cool. Uh, I still haven't taken that moment yet because I'm still playing. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think at the you know at the end of my career, I, I'll look back at that. Uh, look back at those moments and feel a little bit more internally. Um, right now it's, I just look at it as like, oh, all right, I helped the team win that day. I, I see you running the stairs here after games, after a night game. I see you taking extra time in the batting cages, working with all the different guys, taking on that leadership role and, you know, leading by example also with your work ethic. You know, even, you know, past the 2019 season and looking forward to, future Somerset Patriots seasons, whether it be, you know, this local professional series we're, we're trying to put on and, you know, hopefully a new normal in 2021 as well. Uh, do you still feel like you have to play with a bit of a chip on your shoulder? Is that still there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, always have something to prove. Um, I think, and I talked to Foxy about it, my one-word mantra is proof. Mm. Uh, that's my one more mantra that I operate by is that I have to prove myself every day, no matter what. I have to prove myself in a conversation. I have to prove myself, prove to myself I can wake up at 4 a.m. and get my workout in. I have to prove to, you know, prove is a very powerful word in my eyes. And absolutely, um, it's still keeping the ment, uh, you know, it's, people say work ethic. I just say passion. Uh, it's the passion for playing. I love baseball and, I try, you know, and that's how I look at it. Um, I look at it as passion trumps logic. And so my passion outweighs anybody's logical thought about me. <laughs> and so, and that's the truth. Uh, I, lo- I love uh, that. Yeah. Uh, so whatever people think or want to label me as, I always think my passion has to override that. And, but it has to be shown. And that's what, uh, that's what I think that I, look at things as, but I also take, you know, take ground balls or anything because I want to. Um, that's just simple enough. It's just because I love to do that. I love taking ground balls. I love, you know, I love working and getting better. So there's always a chip on your shoulder you always have to have as a player, as an athlete. And in life, uh, there's, uh, because you always got to think, you, you can't be satisfied with where you're at. And you always got to have that personal advancement. Uh, and you always have to want to go out and prove that. And that's how, uh, that's how I view it. There, there's so much in there that I, I really hope that our fans are able to take in and internalize. I'm getting chills just listening to you speak. And, <laughs> and the, 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 the crazy thing is, Scott, like we've had so many conversations and we've talked about this kind of stuff before, but even so, every time I still hear you talk and bring that stuff up, it still, it still gives me chills. I love it. Um, Thanks. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. So let, let's bring this conversation full circle, and, and we'll sort of end on this. Um, you know, one of the reasons why we're speaking together today is that earlier this week, the, the week of this taping for the showing, um, you were announced to the uh, Somerset Patriots All-Decade Team uh, for seasons between 2010 and 2019. Uh, that vote was a fan vote. Um, you've been recognized and honored um, for a number of things. We, you know, we talked a little bit before uh, we, we started recording about this uh, bracket, March Madness bracket that the Patriots did um, this past offseason as well. So you've been honored by fans a number of times. Um, and I, I think you have a pretty good idea of your standing with our fans. We call you the fan favorite. Everyone loves you. You've spoken at different elementary schools. You've spoken to different fans individually and as a group. 
So when you look at your time in Somerset, which is now technically six seasons, this would have been the seventh, and and you see all of these fans that 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 really you know have such an you know affinity for you and and what you've done for them and what you've done for this community. It, what does it mean to you to to have such a support system um, here in Somerset and and just I guess what what sort of stands out and what are the emotions that come to mind? I I think it, to have the fans recognize you as that is um, something you will never forget. Uh, not not that you say never forget, but it's um, something that uh, I don't take lightly. Um, that to me is the highest honor that you can receive as a player, uh, no matter what team. And when you have the support and the love and the and the appreciation from the fans at Somerset, uh, it's reciprocated. Um, they make my day better. Just you know, and I go. You know, they're everyone's human, so there's no reason. You know, it's, it's everyone's. It's just it's is uh, you, you're touched by everyone you meet, and they've touched me probably more than if. You know, they say I've touched them. I'm very grateful for that. They've touched me, though, and that they've inspired me, and I admire them um, probably more than what they think uh, just because they're great individuals, and they care. And that's for them to recognize you is that uh, is a, it's a true honor to be a part of the Somerset Patriots, uh, not, from the or- just, not just from the organization, from the fans, though. And the fans make that place go wow. I love playing here. Everybody that's come throughout the past that I've played with, uh, the number one thing I would ever say is they care about you. They really care about this team. And it shows. And mm-hmm. that's something that yeah, maybe it's rare. I, I don't know anywhere else. I know Somerset, though. And that's, for me, that's awesome because I've been introduced to an an incredible environment and an atmosphere that has been so special in my heart. And it's my duty to go out there and perform for them. And they deserve my best because they are the best. Well, Scott, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, I've seen you around the ballpark a, a couple of times now. We cannot wait for this uh, local professional series to get off the ground and running. I can't wait to see you play on the field again. Hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. Uh, but thanks so much for taking some time today. Really appreciate it, and uh, hope you're doing well over there. Oh, Mark, you're the best, man. Hey, go Pat. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by NJM. At NJM, we understand the hardships you might be going through right now. That's why we're offering payment relief. We'll continue providing you protection no matter what tomorrow brings. Because dealing with uncertainties is our business. This isn't just insurance, it's NJM. The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support, and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by Flemington Car and Truck Country. After the latest executive order, Flemington Car and Truck Country is open to sell cars in their showrooms by appointment. Choose from over 16 manufacturer brands plus over 500 available certified pre-owned vehicles with unprecedented discounted pricing and available financing for qualified buyers as low as 0%. Flemington Car and Truck Country, with eight locations on routes 202 and 31, is following all CDC guidelines in their showrooms and on delivery to protect and assure both customers and associates. Start your search and make your appointment at Flemington.com.
That's it for our show this week. A big thank you to Scott Kelly joining me for the interview. Uh, Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe this podcast where you listen to it if available. Also be sure to vote for the Somerset Patriots TD Bank Ballpark in the Ballpark Digest Best of the Ballparks series. We'll see you next week with another episode and more information on the Patriots' upcoming Somerset Professional Baseball Series. Thanks so much, everyone. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Thank you for listening to the Something Patriots podcast. The Somerset Patriots would like to thank the presenting sponsor of the podcast, RWJ Barnabas Health. They would also like to thank the supporting sponsors, TD Bank and Flemington Car and Truck Country, with proud sponsorship from T-Mobile, NJM Insurance, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, and NJIT. Other thanks go to Flemington Department Store, AARP New Jersey, Sanofi, and Financial Resources Federal Credit Union all valued partners of the Somerset Patriots. The Something Patriots podcast airs live on the voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and on WCTCAM.com every Friday night from 6 to 7 p.m. But the archived versions also available for download on SomersetPatriots.com and on participating podcast platforms. The show is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.